0: Back when I had to write a Niall watches your cheerleading match. Ooh. Thick. <gasps> Why didn't you call me? <laughs> You're right. I, I we should, lived in the same I
1: house. I should have. I should have, like, have. Grace, what I are, should like, have.
0: Three cheer moves and i just like googled some shit and yeah, was like fine. i was like but you're right i didn't think i wasn't use your thinking. Resources. i did not use my resources i should have let you beta it Ugh, but i i wasn't thinking really kind of. i would have been like yeah Claire, you can't
1: just like jump from a, uh, yeah. a cradle into a split that doesn't work
0: i'd be like why not that sounds cool <laughs> i'd be like my barbie can do it so why can't
1: so no no, no there's people holding you. you your legs just can't do whatever they want <laughs> what?
0: <laughs> yeah, I was kind of nervous with that one because I was like, "Welcome to Fine Pairings."
1: I'm Grace. I'm Claire, and it is part one of our season finale. <laughs> 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 the air horn <laughs> <laughs> noise is gonna like extend every season. <laughs> so, as per usual, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell the truth to you guys. We're I think now out. Of fic wrecks, we're not like out out, but like the ones that are all left over are like over fifty thousand words. Yeah, so they're probably never going to happen. I apologize if you're one of the people that sent us like a hundred thousand word fics.
0: It's so like we never no know follow-up. what may happen in the off season, but we also know that might be a difficult <laughs> ask. But that does mean you should send us more. <laughs>
1: for next season. Or, we didn't really get I don't think yeah. we really got a lot this season. No, I
0: don't. I think, think we, we did. got a lot in between,
1: so we yep. might now get some. Now that people are
0: like Or now bored. is the time, fair yes. listener, to if there is a 100,000 word fic that, you, that love, you love, that you know, then you need to cut chapter out yes. and set to be like in particular, yes. please read
1: chapter section. 5. I think it is also fun for us to get a like, uh, like same with fix your attitude, what which we spoiler alert did on the semen cream is a very long fic, and I got to read a chapter out of context, which was very fun. Yes, and that was part of the banter. So like, it's not going to be ruined. Hopefully, if we only read a chapter, right. but yes, uh, we are sticking with our format for season five. Claire, do you want to?
0: What do you want to? What do you want to introduce? Our drink or our uh, first fic? I will introduce her fic and then her drink. Mm-hmm. So this fic was sent to us by Hannah. She emailed this to us. Our fic is called... Is this uh, Hannah from the Patreon? This is Hannah from the Patreon. Whoop whoop. Hannah, she knows the good stuff. She's here. She's here. So Hannah sent <laughs> us uh, this fic called Courtship Ritual by okay. Cupid's Bow. And it is a Ben Affleck, Matt Damon Ooh. fic. Um, and it is set right. in like a. This is very funny because I just rewatched the last duel that has Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, and then Adam Driver. Is there canon that obviously this is an RPF, so not their canon. Yes, but they they're BFs. They don't act
1: together that much. Oh but no, I, they they do. Oh no, they do. They yeah, do. Yeah. I'm thinking of somebody else. Yeah, but they like, also kind of get mistaken for each other a little bit. Like yeah. they're similar archetypes. Yes,
0: they <laughs> like, like act and write together, yeah. and so they have. They used to be in a lot more stuff. Yeah, and nineties. Um, yes, and but anyway, is this pairing them
1: as a romantic couple or yes, as friends? it is a oh,
0: romantic okay. couple. Excellent. Um, the summary: <laughs> Matt and Ben compare swords. So the like funny tags are action, pirates, alternate universe. Um, yes, I saw the pirates. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like, like, and the notes. So Cupid's bow wrote this for Fran Sales, inspired by the the Damien Affleck AU challenge, and mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. they're going. They incorporate uh, the Princess Bride a little Ooh. bit into it. I had actually a lot of fun reading this. And so what was also funny is that this fic was. Uh, Written back in 2008, and it only has, uh, and it's probably because people are not looking for Matt Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. I was gonna say, RPF can
1: be super the most popular thing, or like incredibly niche, like more niche than I would guess. Cause if it's not like a band member or like someone from a teen movie, it's probably not popping on a 3 right?
0: Because this one only has twenty-nine kudos. And- I would be curious
1: how many sh- how many fix are in Ben Affleck slash. I know. I know, right? Should
0: we look quick? quick on our, if your if your internet is working, one hundred and thirty.
1: That's actually more than I thought. Uh, right. A lot of these. Well, the first ones in Chinese. A lot of these are in Chinese. Interesting. Huh. What's- <laughs> look at it's why. Like- <laughs> What's going on oh. in China with Ben Affleck Is Matt Damon? A code for something? Are they in a movie that was really popular? Well, okay, like I see like Goodwill Hunting tagged in this one, so like I could see a movie being really popular in China mm-hmm. in like a very diff- different demographic than it is here for mm. like whatever reason. Wow,
0: this is like awful. how many in English
1: are there for Matt Damon? It's gonna be like four. <laughs> I'm
0: like, what That's really funny. A... All right. What okay. a twist. Well, what a cool thing to learn. All right. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> the um, answer is
1: not a lot. Not a lot.
0: Uh, but I really enjoyed this fic, so... Cute. Let us... St- Wait, my drink. Yes. The drink. Yeah, you
1: picked the... So, okay. So, our setup for these, um, we've kind of gone over the... The most basic setup, which is our favorite cocktails, and then each other's favorite cocktails. <laughs> and then for this one, I was like, "Well, we have a, a bunch of leftover cocktails that didn't get pulled from the hat for the season. So pick one that m- matches,
0: <laughs> Yes. And so I was very intri- so I was very intrigued by this Ooh. one, which is called uh, "The Pink Lady." which normally has like uh, gin, grenadine, and uh, egg white. But because I'm trying to be more cognizant of your uh, vegan ways, I found a pink lady that was vegan. And so this is... It looks really
1: frothy. Is it not aquafaba?
0: It is not weird. I wanted is to it? try this one. Um, this one is one and a half ounces gin, one ounce uh, lime juice, one and a half ounces pineapple juice, mm. and a half an ounce of grenadine. Okay, those the pineapple juice. And so fine. it's the so well, yeah makes it frothy. I think it's the the lemon juice.
1: Really, I was thinking because pineapple has that kind of like and it foamy. might it might be
0: the pineapple juice as well because um, mm. the pineapple juice was pretty frothy when I poured yeah. it. Oh, it looked really good. Ooh, ooh. I really like that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) That's really good. Mm -hmm. It's like sweet, a little tart.
1: And you said this kind of goes with the fic. Yeah. Which obviously we're doing more than one fic. So, like, it's
0: uh, so the reason (laughs) I picked, I liked the pink lady for this is so that they're going to have like a a sword fight. Mm -hmm. And at one point, uh, they refer to like when you get poked by the, um, uh, like, when you get cut, Sword. then then it, like, pinkens your shirt. And so I can't remember oh. the exact phrasing of, oh. of... We'll get to it. I was going to say, it's probably
1: like a, is it, like, a fencing-y sort of a fight? Yes. Yeah, yes. there's this like is, there's words for those. Yeah, there's a
0: lot of... Uh, yeah. Well, I'll remember it when I read it. <laughs> because I, th- I debated just calling this, like, the pink man. <laughs> the court crier stood on the podium, overlooking the arena, and announced to the waiting crowd, Standing before you are two heroes... Of the 32 suitors vying for the hand of the fair Princess Winona. And uh, Matt Damon did date Winona Ryder at one point. I was going to
1: say, is that, that's the only Winona, and I Correct. was pretty sure there was not a yes. Winona in Princess Winona. Uh, yeah, they
0: dated in the 90s, and then they broke up, and mm-hmm. then Matt Damon was mm-hmm. like, I'm mm-hmm. never going to de- date a celebrity again, I'm only going to date civilians. And then he met his wife, who's a, who was a bartender. Well, that's nice. It's very sweet for her. Anyway, <laughs> the hand of the fair Princess Winona. They alone have survived the task set by his majesty and proven themselves worthy to face this final challenge. Matt looked away from the crier and surveyed his opponent. The man was dressed entirely in red leather. Even his face was masked. The ensemble was, in Matt's opinion, surprisingly sinister. He felt a brief vision yeah. of fear. <laughs> I too am afraid of someone all in leather. Red leather specifically. Red leather. That's an intimidating color. He felt a brief fission of fear and yet again cursed his father. This was all his fault. After all, if his father hadn't been so bloody disparaging about Matt's chances of winning the hand of fair Princess Winona, Matt wouldn't have felt he had something to prove, Uh and he wouldn't be standing here now, about to fight a duel to the death. This makes a lot of sense. His father's exact words had been, Don't be a bloody fool, boy. It will take you losing a hand or an eye before you give up these idiotic daydreams. No, I forbid it. Your mother and I need you here at the academy. Students don't teach themselves, you know and he handed Matt a revised class schedule, which had filled every spare minute of every day. The very next morning, before dawn, Matt had snuck out of the castle with just a change of clothes and a few gold coins. He hitched a ride on a passing cabbage wagon and on to Hollyrood announcing... <laughs> it's
1: a village, but it's Hollywood.
0: <laughs> and, had been <laughs> and had been in Holyrood announcing his suitorship by lunchtime. In hindsight, Matt had an ever-growing, uneasy feeling that he had been played. For weeks now, a discreet banner advertising the Damon Academy of Gentlemanly Arts ah. had been flying at the starting and finishing points of each of the tasks Matt dead. had completed. Oh my god, nepotism, nepotism. at finest. It was suggestive of a mindset on his father's behalf that was quite counter to the one he had expressed. Mm. Matt looked up at the veiled form of Princess Winona and wondered, again, what on earth he had been thinking. She wasn't even his type. <laughs> if he was honest about it, the man in red was more his type than the Princess Winona ever would be. And now Matt was going to kill him, which was going to put a bit of a crimp in Matt's chances of getting his leg over. <laughs> his leg over? Yeah, I think that's a... Um, oh, it was like, he, like a leg up? No, I think it's a euphemism for getting laid. Ah, (laughs) I'm assuming. (laughs) Oh, oh, okay. (laughs) I'm assuming, unless one is going to, like, ride like a horse, get your leg up. I don't know. Yeah, no, I was going I've to made have made in- kill him, inferences. Put a bit of a crimp in Matt's chances of getting his leg over. Yeah, my... That's got it, yeah. My but, smutty mind is prepared. Well, isn't
1: that, like, I can't, I can't fuck him if he's dead.
0: True. <laughs> makes, I mean, makes sense. Right? I'm just, I just haven't heard leg over specifically. I know. Let's all start implementing that now. For this climactic <laughs> duel to the death, the crier announced to the riveted crowd, "We have in black the brave Sir Damon of Bowstown, and in the red, the noble Incognito." Matt, is that referencing something no. about
1: Matt Ben Affleck that I don't know? No, I don't. Okay. Probably not. I don't. I don't know any of his lore. <laughs> Person. I don't know. This could be real wink nudge, and I would just be standing still, <laughs> right? You'd be like, I'd be like, I'm someone being... keeps nudging me, and I don't even feel be it. Like,
0: would you stop doing whatever you're doing? Why are you poking me? I don't like it. <laughs> <Could> like, <laughs> be like, you're just making me more confused. The crowd cheered long and loud, clearly thrilled at the idea of imminent bloodshed. The crier waited for the din to die down and then signaled to the Princess Winona, who desultorously, desultorily, desultorily waved her handkerchief and said, God bless you both. Does that mean not sultry?
1: I don't know what that word means. I don't either.
0: (laughs) English was hard. After waiting a moment to see if the princess would add anything further, the crier made a dramatic flourish and decided... "'May the contest begin!' "'The crowd screamed its appreciation "'as Matt and the man in red drew their swords "'and advanced on each other.' Matt blocked the noise from, from his awareness, casting his eye once more over the terrain as he walked, unhurriedly, towards the middle of the arena, and his approaching opponent. It was a splendid arena. At one side was the piranha-infested moat, on the other, three lions on chains, and in the middle there was a good stretch of flat, firm ground. It was the perfect venue for a duel, assuming, of course, that both combatants were prepared to risk meeting an unpleasant death by something other than a sword. Matt had been trained in the art of sword since he was a mere babe. Under, under normal the idea of a baby with a knife just
1: <laughs> I just get like the same way you'd get like a baby sized violin or like yes. ba- you get a baby sized like a wood one maybe kind of like
0: waddle at each other. You'd be like go. God will know. God will, God know. will pick the winner. Under normal circumstances, this is Sparta baby jousting. I mean, that does sound adorable. It sounds hilarious. Can you imagine peewee jousting? <laughs> Honestly,
1: a hundred percent would be so funny. Just like a- I'm, I'm sure some- you can teach a kid how to like fence or whatever, but just like they did, like strapping a kid with like like a literal pool noodle so they don't actually get hurt and just have like of like
0: go towards each other in a ball pit and then like one kind of falls over. <laughs> I would I would watch that. Under normal circumstances, he would have been comfortably, con- quietly confident. However, these circumstances were anything but normal. Matt examined his opponent as he neared the incognito. Matt suppressed his amusement at the non-deplume. No doubt that this, uh, that was why the man had chosen it, to lull his opponents into thinking he was a fool and poser. But there was no question in Matt's mind that, is, that this man... poser <laughs> Posier. It's a French spelling. Ah. Posier. But there was no question in Matt's mind That this man was something else entirely The man in red must have many skills To have survived the king's tests He must be a fine strategist To have passed through the trackless lair of the Voltron He must have immense strength and stamina To have endured the pit of pain He must, too, be relentless in his ambition To have withstood the royal dinner With the in-laws to be (laughs) Well, king (laughs) and (laughs) quid A challenge just as trying, honestly. Close to, the man in red was huge, seeming to loom over Matt. He would clearly have superior reach. Matt couldn't help wondering if the man in red's sword was as big as the rest of him. Oh my god. (laughs) Well, aren't you pretty, the man in red said, his mouth lifting one corner in the most provocative leer Matt had ever seen. It seems a shame to kill you. Matt smiled despite himself. Yes, the man in red was definitely his type. Hmm? You're not bad yourself, he said, his gaze taking in the snug way the leather fit his opponent everywhere. Oh, he's got a codpiece. Such a, sh- <laughs> All right. Such a shame threesomes are outre this season. <laughs> the man in red left as he lifted his sword. Really huge sword. In salute. We could always chuck this in and elope together. Frankly, I don't think the princess is much of a loss. Uh a flash of green snagged at Matt's peripheral vision fluttering in the stands behind the man in red's left shoulder was the banner advertising the Damon Academy of Gentlemanly Arts (laughs) damn it
1: so just imagine you're like in the middle middle ages or wherever the fuck this is happening you're far away because you gotta be far away to like see a joust and so you just see the two men kinda come together like similar to how like WWE wrestlers like size yes. each other up and then from far away you can't hear any of their banter so you assume they're like threatening each other and then they just start making out <laughs> <laughs> you're just like what? What?
0: <laughs> What's happening? Ah, uh, ha, ha This is a new type of wrestling? What are they saying? <laughs> what did <are> they say? <laughs> what were they saying? you are like damn it. That meant his father was probably watching. It rather spoil it rather spoil spoilt. Spoilt. <laughs> yes. It rather spoilt <laughs> Matt's enjoyment of the banter. I'll keep it in mind, Matt said as he touched a sword to that of the man in red and immediately attacked with the Fueshaw, a sound opener with an unknown opponent and smooth terrain. Oh so they're actually sword fighting, they're not jousting. Yes. My bad. They're, yes, they're they're sword fighting. Ah. Although, his father would probably say the Sallow was a better choice. Matt pressed his fuchsia attack more fiercely. The man in red countered, predictably enough, with a variation of the queen's defense. His style was inelegant, but efficient. Don't take too long thinking it over, said the man in red as he went on the offensive with the Delo. The tide changes in about 90 minutes. Matt riposed with the Xena maneuver, which took the man in red by surprise. Or maybe sooner than that, Matt replied with a wink, deciding not to let his daddy issue spoil the moment. (laughs) The man in red stumbled, but recovered with a beautifully executed hand change. Matt felt a smile strut into a grin. There was nothing like an opponent who could hold his own. Matt upped the ante, attacking with the fuchsia again. The man in red took it in stride. Wish oh my- I had any idea what these moves look like. I know, right?
1: I'm really imagining stuff in my head. <laughs>
0: I'm just uh, ta ta ta
1: ta. I assume I know what a hand change is. It looks like a ta-ta,
0: <laughs> Yeah,
1: exactly like that. <laughs> it looks
0: exactly like that. I am describing it. See, I
1: would be a really. I actually just stood up and did an excellent demonstration of sword skills, and you guys will never be able to see it.
0: <laughs> if I was a sports announcer, I would be like, "Whoa! I can't believe what I just saw. That's crazy." Could you believe it went all the way, wow. the end, <laughs> ba-cha, ba-cha. I love you as a bad sports. <laughs> like you, you've
1: forgotten that you're on the radio, like for auditory <laughs> description, and you're just like react. You're doing like a reaction block <laughs> instead. And then it ha, uh, and then a uh, cha,
0: Man, and it really then got uh, some. It
1: really got some distance. That wow, what a maneuver! <laughs> wow, 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 wow. Wow, we wow, did a whole thing just there. How did you do that? <laughs> Wow. <laughs> like
0: if you guys could have seen oh what God. I had seen.
1: Ah, oh, you would have also thought it was impressive. Wow. Crazy.
0: Hata man in red took it in stride, almost, ho- almost holding his own. The blades flashed in the o- autumn sunlight again and again. Mm. Slowly but surely, Matt's superior blade work began to show. The man in red was backing closer, ever closer, to the piranha pool. <laughs> then, with his heels less than an inch from the edge of the water, the man in red flicked his ah. legs in a move Matt had never seen before and managed to reverse their position. See,
1: that's exactly what I'm saying. Like, he flicked his leg in a move I've never seen before. I'm like, great. I don't know what that looks like.
0: <laughs> Neither do you. Right. Wow. Behind him, between one clash of steel and the next, Matt could hear the plop, plop of a fish nosing at the surface of the water. The man in red attacked. Matt countered. Sword (laughs) rang against sword and the crowd roared as loud. I find... What's very funny is I have tried to write battle scenes before, and I can't ever, like, choreograph them. in. But it's, like, it's the same as choreographing, like, a smut scene. You it's just exactly have to, like, know say. what everyone is doing. You have to think in slow
1: motion yes. and describe what your brain is doing. Yes. You have so you to, have to know how battle
0: works Yes, first. and unfortunately,
1: <laughs> I've only ever, like... I've had sex. I have not been in battle. Ergo, yes. I can describe one better than the other.
0: I've hit someone with a pool noodle. I
1: feel like it's not the same, you got to watch some fencing and just practice describing it. I have to be like, what is that?
0: What is that? Yeah. Sword rang against sword, and the crowd roared as loudly as Matt's blood, danger making the the moment seem elongated, bright with detail. The man in red licked his lips, a bead of sweat rolling down from beneath his mask, and Matt's heart was beating like a drum in his chest, his sword arm thrusting at the man in red over and over, the man in red's body (laughs) responding to every move Matt's made. This is sex. Matt feigned, feigned, opening himself to the other man's sword.
1: You know I love a scene described sexually Mm -hmm. that isn't sex. I think that's so, like, Mm -hmm. good
0: writing, because it's hard to do. It is hard to do. The man in red lunged. With a snap of the wrist, Matt blocked the thrust and reposed. Successfully breaking through the man in red's defense, the tip of Matt's sword slid into him, drank first blood. (gasps) That's so sexual. It was the mere scratch. Is he
1: wearing red leather so that you can't see him bleed? Whoa.
0: Ooh. Maybe. I think he was just doing definite. it for like kinky reasons, but I like the red. Oh, I just thought red was intimidating. I mean, probably. Th- it's probably actually That's because why red In our tier intimidating. competitions,
1: you wear red tops and red bottoms because like 20 people coming at you all in red is
0: kind of intimidating. It is scary. I thought I really, I'm dumb. I really thought you were going to be like, it really hides period blood. I, I mean, I I, like-
1: it do- it doesn't because famously period blood just really ruins everything. It's true.
0: It was the mere scratch, and the man in red barely paused to grin in acknowledgment before renewing his attack. The hyperreal moment over. Matt, breathing hard, backed away from the pool, steadily moving towards the even ground at the center of the arena. He was giddy with brutal joy. Swordplay had never felt like this before. Sexy. You're wonderful, the man in Ooh. red said, as their <laughs> blades locked and they stood body pressed to body. See that? That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> hot, 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 hot. <laughs> Trying to gain a leverage advantage of each other. Seriously, I can always use a good man like you. If you fancy a seafaring life, I can offer 30% of the take. After crew disbursement, of course, and your own cabin. Run away from your dad. Matt executed a drop and roll, managed to get away from yeah. under the superior weight of his opponent without losing too much ground. He immediately attacked, using a combination of Kiro and 30% of the take? Matt wondered as the words finally penetrated through the coils. Not a good enough time to use that. I was going to say that's a great time to use penetration because no one has died. It's true. <laughs> also, we're in a, like a very sexy state of mind, so... Oh, all right. So the man in red, retreating under Matt's assault. You drive a hard bargain, but you're worth it. 40%. You can't say fairer than that. A lion roared at them, clanking it. What? <laughs> Oh, he's like... <laughs> Not literally. <laughs> no, no. no. A lion roared at them, clanking its length of chain as they approached. it be a literal lion. There is three literal lions on the other side of the field. Okay. so There's the, a piranha moat okay. on one side, and there are lions on the other side. It's just for drama. So you have to engage in battle. Yeah, you can't run away. Because otherwise you get eaten. What? Said Matt, wondering what on earth the man in red was talking about. He advanced, pulling off a, dub- a classic double bluff and thrust, pinking the man in Six. red again. That's what it is, pinking. Pinking? Pinking, the man in red again, just beneath the elbow. His retreating sword slid along the man in red's leather like a caress. Ooh. Come on, said the man in red, not so much flinching at the hit. Be reasonable. I'm going to have to give up on the princess's dowry if I don't kill you, and I'm already out of pocket over this venture. I'm not going any higher than 45%, and that's my final offer. He continued Wait, to re- the princess has a dowry? Yes, because she's a lady.
1: Yeah, but- you're the king and queen. You're fine.
0: Yeah, and I think, yeah. And they're fighting for you. Is the fighting not the... T- All right. No. Nope. <laughs> nope. dowries are weird, my guy. Ah, uh, it's wild. I'm not going any higher than 45%, and that's my final offer. He continued to retreat before Matt's relentless attack. He tried to sidestep, tried to parry, but Matt was fighting like a man inspired. Mm. I really can't go any higher, the man <laughs> in red said, after Matt managed a particularly imaginative use of boot. but. Butte, <laughs> butte, but, beauty imagine Imagined of I think it's butte. butte, butte. I think it's butte.
1: Barely the miss- safest. <laughs> I know,
0: right? Imaginative use of butt, <laughs> a butte barely missing the end of the man's masked nose. But I'll throw in sexual favors as a sweetener if you like. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and despite the lion straining oh its ch- its chain on the inches from the man in red's back, he smiled at Matt. Smiled such a smile as no one had ever smiled at Matt before. You want to have sex with me? See what you look like. You're weird for wanting to have sex with him and having no no idea what he looks like. Right? Matt said, the tip of his blade dipping, the fire of his onslaught transforming into something more molten, then surged deep in his belly. God, yes, said the man in red, not trying to press the advantage, despite the momentary waver in Matt's defense. I want to fuck you into the middle of next week. (laughs) (laughs) Matt glanced quickly at the crowded arena. But... Agree to my terms, and I promise to get us both out of here alive. Hell yeah! How said Beth, including the sexual favors, or is that extra? How said Matt, not sure whether to feel more relieved at the idea of not having to marry the princess Winona, or turned on by the idea of imminent sex with the man in red. Keep fighting, the man in red ordered, nudging Matt's sword back into action. Do you agree to my terms? "'Okay,' said Matt, not, qu- not quite sure what exactly he was agreeing to. "'Be a pirate! That's but, what, that seems obvious. Oh, Come right, on, now. Right. Come on!' But going with it anyway, he wondered if, perhaps, he was dead, and this was all <laughs> some strange imagining of his dying brain. "'Excellent,' said the man in red. "'We need to be at the northern end of the arena. That's where my crew are waiting for my signal.' "'Who the hell are you?' Matt demanded as he pretended to harry the man across the middle of the arena, their swords snicking in a lazy give-and-take that felt surprisingly like foreplay." <laughs> "'Haven't you figured that out yet?' the man in red laughed. "'I was sure you had when you threw that classy double bluff at me.' "'Matt slipped past the man in red's guard and scored the leather on his forearm, "'just as a gentle reminder. "'Oh, yes,' said the man in red, admiringly. "'You're a much better catch than that insipid princess. "'Then, before Matt could make good on his threat and pink him again, "'I'm the captain of the Red Heart.' Shock jolted down Matt's spine. He stared at the man in red, feeling as though the whole world was spinning around like an out-of-control gyroscope. But not for one moment did he disbelieve the man's claim. He remembered the stories about the captain of the Red Heart. How could he ever forget them? Ever since he overheard his nanny telling them to the kitchen maid, not so very many years ago, those stories had been seared into the sex center of his brain. <laughs> okay, that's not what I thought was happening.
1: I thought they were had been like princess bride had fallen in love in the past or i thought it was going to be a little more like dread pirate roberts how you does, know how does ben affleck know matt damon in this because matt damon obviously knows ben because he's famous and he's just like it, he, he's just like i like that one it does explain in a minute You'll okay see. good okay good
0: the man of the red heart was so the story said the most devilish seducer to ever practice piracy in the high seas Much to Matt's delight, Nanny had added a great deal of corroborating detail in her whispered conversations with the kitchen maid, detail which would undoubtedly have got her fired if so much of a whiff of it had ever reached Father's ears. And yes, Matt could believe the man facing him was that man, the man of Nanny's stories, the infamous Dread Pirate Benjamin. (laughs) Through his Yeah, sure. Through the haze of his astonishment, Matt noticed that the man in red, or rather, the Dread Pirate Benjamin, was doing a good job of making it look as though they were still—they were both still fighting, even though Matt was doing little more than waving his sword at random. But, <laughs> but then, the Dread Pirate Benjamin was an infamous wizard of the sword. It could probably make a novice holding a stick look good if he wanted. As though reading his mind, the Dread like Pirate professional wrestling,
1: yeah, it right, very right. real. yeah,
0: exactly. As though reading his mind, the Dread Pirate Benjamin knocked Matt's sword aside and did an acrobatic backflip. Wow. Then he bowed to the cheering audience, his sword mm-hmm. pointing to the fair Princess Winona at the far end of the arena before turning to re engage Matt. At that moment the penny dropped, as several facts suddenly clicked into a brand new pattern for Matt. You did this on purpose, mm-hmm. Matt mm-hmm. accused the Dread Pirate Benjamin. You courted the Princess Winona so you could re- you could recruit her champion. Hmm. Well, of course," said so the that dread- is Smart. Okay, yeah. so
1: he wasn't looking for Matt. He was looking for the best sword fighter in this correct region. And then he was
0: just like, "Oh, you're making sexy eyes at me. That's a good pirate move. So, like, what if I cut you a deal and also, sex you good? That's real smart. And he's like, real smart. This is, it's a it's a great way I to uh, recruit
1: well of course it's like going to another company's like open hiring and being like oh did it seem like they liked you yeah it seemed like they really liked me great do you want double whatever the fuck they offered you come for, for my company let's get the fuck out and make out in my car
0: Is the baker, I'm sorry what like, can you like,
1: what in? was the last part I was here for a, I was here for a coding job
0: you were like bang bang boom baby we can kill two birds two birds one stone can
1: Go find a date by going to job interviews that you don't actually want. Just waiting in the lobby for
0: qualified men. Be like, honestly, (laughs) not a bad move. Not a bad move. I'm dying. Well, of course, said the Dread Pirate Benjamin as an enormous explosion ripped through the far end of the arena, sending the crowd into a screaming frenzy. Ah, champions aren't that easy to come by, you know. You don't think I go around offering partnerships to just anyone, do you? He leered at Matt, especially with the perks you negotiated. (laughs) Is that what... (laughs) I was confused. I feel like, I was like, I feel like you just offered that. Is that negotiating? (laughs) Before Matt could decide whether to be appalled or thrilled that the Dread Pirate Benjamin was after his personal booty, the Dread (sighs) Pirate Benjamin made a lightning fast move that knocked Matt's sword out of his hand and sent it spinning through the air. Mm -hmm. The Dread Pirate Benjamin took advantage of Matt's blink of surprise. Stepping in so close, Matt could smell the hot, heady scent of sweat and leather. His kiss was hard and fast Whoa. and dirty, and left Matt grasping for more than air. The crowd definitely saw that. All you know, right, the dread pirate <laughs> Benjamin was screaming as he stepped back, hand outheld, just in time to catch Matt's sword. "Come on," said the dread pirate Benjamin, leaping into the stands and reaching down to offer Matt his hand. If we hurry, we'll just make the tide. Ugh, that was fun. Loved that. Done.
1: Right? I'm glad they kissed. I really didn't think they going get kissed. I know. Uh, it was just going to be like, okay, you, you play dead and I'm going to pretend to carry you and then we're going to jump on my boat.
0: <laughs> right? Be like, don't mind if I do. Excellent. <laughs> but yeah, that was Courtship Ritual. Yeah, okay. By Cupid's bow.
1: Ah, I love two people coming together that were going after one person and then getting together with each other.
0: Right? Be like, just uh,
1: kidding. We actually. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right, despite having already finished my drink, uh, I, I wish I had a second one to pair with this, but I don't know what I would pick. <laughs> so, oh well. <laughs> Same episode doesn't have to be two drinks an episode with you. No, that's too would much be work. All right, so then this uh this what one was what is that the season opener? This one was brought to us uh during season four uh so a little quite a while ago like six months ago or so. So I'm glad we're getting to it because the concept intrigued me at the very least. And this was sent to us by uh, Julia, who we've also interacted with on like our socials and stuff. So very clearly a big fan, and sent so us a lovely email and the part relevant to this fic was that they were reading a fic uh, that they had been referred to on Tumblr as, quote, the Destiel chicken (laughs) fic. Okay. And the person provided a link, so obviously I had to read it. (laughs) It's pretty much exactly what it sounds like. Dean and Cass are chickens. Also, Sam is the farmer that owns them after they've been taken from an illegal cockfighting ring, and it's implied that he's in a polyamorous relationship with Ruby and Sarah. As weird as it sounds, it was actually really good. (laughs) And I was like, intrigue. Be like, I'm intrigued. I am intrigued. I want to know what's going on with this chicken. Why is this chicken fic famous? Because sometimes things are famous for a reason, and sometimes they are not. So it could just be the fact that it's a chicken fic. Right. Uh, and so Julia was gracious enough to send us a link to the AO3. The entire fic is called Roost. It is about uh, 12,000 words. So this is one of the longer ones we have picked from. And I skipped over the beginning and then found a chunk in the middle that like gets into like what the plot of this, <laughs> this chicken is. But basically, oh, it's written by um Mansi, A L M A A S I. And the tags are Castile Dean Winchester is the ship. And the other tags are alternative universe birds, <laughs> which I'm really curious. Chick fic, if you will. Ah, oh, God, better, better tag. Alternative universe farm romance, fluff and hurt comfort, hate to love, but not enemies to lovers. Even though I think that would also apply. Nesting, nesting dean, wooby dean. I don't know what that means. this was the only fic tagged wooby dean. Okay. <laughs> Oh, woobie must mean something in fanfic that I didn't... Do, I, I, did I couldn't tell you. Send us an email, let us know what we don't know. <laughs> so basically the plot of this fic is both very intense and very silly at the same time. The first eh, 2,000 words or so are about how... Uh, Chicken Castiel and Chicken Dean who have different names at the beginning for reasons because it's like roller derby and the fighting chickens have to have like really tough names so I think they're called like Din and A- Angel Blade not Chickadeen yeah no that and would be not um... Cluck TL. <laughs> no that's not intimidating uh, but cockfighting is uh, really brutal and uh, gross so I didn't want to read that part it was less fun uh, but yeah they're both cockfighting chickens that have been like trained to cockfight and the funny thing is they they think in human, but they only speak in chicken. Good, good, good. So, the first part is this really like brutal cockfight uh, between Dean and Castiel. Like they have been sent to fight each other. In the middle of their fight, the cops break it up, and they get like taken in and rescued. And eventually, they're sent to Sam, who is their like foster farmer, taking care of them. Good, good. <laughs> so, We are, we are waking up not long after Dean and Castiel, the chickens have uh, roosters. They are, they are roosters. They're not male chickens, which could exist in fan fiction, but they are roosters as far as I know. They both are real fucked up looking because they've literally just been in a cockfight and the farmer, Sam, is keeping them separate because they're adjusting still. He doesn't know if they're going to like attack each other. So here we are. Dean was an odd rooster. He kept preening any time a girl chicken turned his way. Castiel wanted to laugh at him. Dean was ridiculous. He looked like roadkill. No girl would want him. Castile himself didn't even see the point of breeding. It was a funny thing other chickens did, as it was nothing to do with him. Still, he remained wary of the other chickens, none of whom approached. There was another rooster in the yard, with a glorious orange plumage on his neck, and flowing a flowing green tail of feathers that shimmered in the sunlight. He was intimidating, larger than Castile and Dean put together. He even had a comb on his head. Bright red. I don't know if this is referring to someone in supernatural so uh, i was
0: trying to be like hmm, i wonder
1: he's like he's the chicken. he's the alpha rooster or i think he may have been like the only rooster because usually you have like one rooster and a bunch of hens to like not have too many baby chickens (laughs) maybe question mark i don't really know how chicken breeding works the rooster surely outranked castiel despite he himself being champion of the pit the skills he had acquired through his life of combat were no good for protecting lady chickens they were only good for protecting himself Halfway through the afternoon, Castiel was disturbed from a doze by a startled squawk. He lifted his head from his healing breast and looked across at Dean's cage, which was rattling about as Dean ran around inside of it. He barely had room to move, so was hurrying up and down the far side of the enclosure, able to go nowhere and crowing in his agitation. Castiel clucked questioningly, but Dean only crowed again, scratched in the dirt, and uprooted grass. He didn't seem inclined to slow down in order to explain. Mere seconds later, however, Castiel understood what the fuss was about. He heard a padding, the soft tup, tup tup of a four-legged animal's paws. Through the nearest fence, he saw a dog approach, snuffing curiously with its snout pressed between the wood slats. Dean cried out in fear, but Castiel wasn't sure what he was so scared of. The other chickens weren't that bothered either. Still, Castiel was not a f- foolish cockerel. If Dean was afraid of dogs, then there must have been a good reason for it. So Castile sounded a warning to the dog, informing it as impolitely as possible that he would kill it if it came any closer. That was my best impression of a rooster. That works really good. It says cock a doo but like, that's not actually what roosters sound like. Other countries really make fun of us for saying cockadoodle a doo is what roosters sound like. Others say like, kicker, kicker, key. I'm like, yeah, that's pretty close to what a fucking rooster sounds like. I mean,
0: like. sometimes it does sound like cockadoodle a doo but they don't, it definitely doesn't start with a
1: sound. That's insane. That's true. Yeah, That's, <laughs> that's a weird American thing.
0: You know, I'm sure it was some guy in a bar who made something stupid. Yeah. No. Boys, and
1: yeah. here we are. Anyway, he repeated it three more times because the dog was clearly too daft to understand. Hey, hey, off! Sam's voice called off from some distance away, and the dog bounded up to his side. Cassio watched Sam as he patted the dog's rump. Then, Sam is a human again. I forgot a couple of times because you would think Sam would also be a chicken. Anyway, no. nope. He right. A oh, man. He's a regular man. Cassio watched Sam as he patted the dog's rump, then nudged the animal away from the chicken yard. The dog went off with its tongue lolling, and Castile crowed in triumph, feeling like he had scared off the threat all by himself. Dean clucked in relief, strutting about in little circles inside his cage. Bark, bark, bark. <laughs> he met Castile's eyes and ruffled his feathers sheepishly. Castile clucked back, rejecting Dean's thanks. Ooh. He hadn't been protecting Dean, not at all. <laughs> Dean had no probable cause to assume that he'd done it for him. Dean tipped his beak up and squawked horribly, but Castile refused to take offense. He turned his back on the black feathered rooster and plopped down for another nap. Dean scratched around for a while, then took a nap too. There wasn't much else to do in a cage so small. In the evening, as the grass started to shimmer in the sunlight, Sam plodded out to the chicken yard with a tub full of seed. He scattered it on the ground and over Dean and Castile's cages, and all the other chickens rushed up to Sam, cooing and stepping on his toes and each other in order to get the food. Dean shrieked and threatened the other chickens furiously, but aside from allowing his cage a half-foot radius of rattling space, they ignored him and pecked up their dinner. Castile thought Dean was being awfully immature. They were just chickens, and they couldn't even touch Dean through the bars of his cage. Castile himself was particularly pleased about having his own cage. None of the other chickens could steal his share of pellets. Honestly, he didn't know what Dean was complaining about. <laughs> Just like so much being read into these, like ruffling
0: feathers. Like, uh, uh, uh. He
1: ruffled his feathers sheepishly. He bucked, which was in fact a buck of d- d- disruption, and Disru- not of. Yes, I acknowledge your thank you.
0: <laughs> like this, really reads like something you would have you would have written mm-hmm. in the sense of like if there was some chicken pun, mm-hmm. uh. A casketial joke. Yes. they. Oh, it did say in the beginning, this
1: is based on. There's like another show. I think Elementary, which is based on oh, Sherlock. There yep. was some kind of like cock being mm. roosters, but also it was like sex jokes. That this is this was semi-inspired um, by. Sure. Uh, I was pretty sure it wasn't a supernatural specific thing, though. No, nope. yeah, that but makes it's, yeah, sense. it's some, It's stuff about cocks. <laughs> that's <laughs> still that's pretty the funny. Joke. <laughs>
0: it's like the sword fighting all over again.
1: I'll let you two out tomorrow, maybe, Sam said, emptying out the crumbs at the bottom of the tub, then leaning on the fence to watch the chickens scurry around each other in their race to gobble up everything before it was gone. Sorry your cages are so small. I just can't have you tearing each other's throats out. I need to know you can be trusted. He sighed, sympathetically. I can't. You've had hard lives, but you're safe now. Everything's going to be okay. (sighs) Aw. Yes, he's a weird foster dad. (laughs) Particularly chickens. He smiled, then pulled away from the fence shut the gate behind him, and started back towards the house at the bottom of the slope. Lights were on inside, and the silhouettes of two women moved casually between the dining table and the kitchen, preparing for a meal. Sam's dog sat happily in their path, and they both had to step around the mutt in order to get past. Castiel watched the homely scene with an odd dissatisfaction building up inside him. Sure, he was a chicken, but that didn't prevent him from understanding what he saw. Sam had a good family there, and his home was probably very warm. Castiel wanted a house like Sam had because he was certain he could get sick of the cage soon enough. When all the food was gone, the other chickens stood around and preened themselves, heads curled over their brown backs to nibble and strip their beaks along their feathers. The brightly colored cockerel did the same, but he kept his wary eyes on Dean and Castiel. Castiel didn't bother preening. He was a mess no matter what he did there was still blood in his white feathers and he would probably never look as good as he had before his fight with Dean. Mm. Like the tone of this is so weird because it's like, I am a chicken who wants a house and also I'm a chicken, so buck buck. There's blood (laughs) in my fur, in my feathers. (laughs) Yes, uh, Castiel is a white chicken. I guess, And Dean is a black
0: chicken. (laughs) Oh. I'm sure
1: there's like a specific name for his like breed or whatever, but it's important. You can see his blood. Dean had been a worthy opponent Castile was not too proud to admit it. Truly, he didn't know which of them would have come out of that battle alive. Some part of him, a sizable part, was glad he never had to find out. When the lady chicken slowly began to traipse in single file towards the big sheltered coop for bed, Castile fluffed up his feathers and settled down in his cage to sleep for the night. Dean was still pecking around looking for food, but Castile supposed that was a cover to hide his uneasiness. The large cockerel wouldn't leave, not even to follow his brood. He was apparently determined to stand around as the sky got dark, looming for the sole purpose of making Dean uncomfortable. Mm. I know, right? This chicken is giving off some alpha vibes. Wow. (laughs) He hasn't hasn't said anything yet, though. When the chickens were all in the coop, the three roosters were the only birds left in the yard. To break the uncomfortable silence, Castiel offered the bigger rooster a greeting, but the rooster laughed it off. That's rooster's do. It's a chicken. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> They're not explaining like, what that means in chicken <laughs> It's hard to convey a chicken laugh Then spread his wings wide So wide it was actually scary And he flapped them hard enough that dust flew up into Castile's eyes Castiel squawked unhappily But when he blinked away the sting He saw the rooster trotting off to bed Green tail flouncing about impressively Dean gave a hurt cluck Tucking his combless head down against his breast Aww. Yeah I know he doesn't have a comb He hadn't taken well to the threat either For the first time, Castiel wanted to say something reassuring to Dean. The bigger rooster probably wouldn't hurt them. He wouldn't bully them forever. Not once the pair of them were out of their cages. The rooster was just taking advantage. That was all. But Castiel didn't say any of it. Dean was supposed to be the enemy. Just because they were now the only two outsiders in an already established flock, with a remarkably strong and fearsome leader already in place, well, that meant nothing. Dean and Castiel weren't in any position to be on the same side. Not really. Cassiel grumbled, tucked his head under his wing to block out the last of the evening light. He vaguely heard Dean singing to himself. But that became quieter as Dean got sleepier, and it faded into silence after a while. Funny. It had been quite a nice song. Soothing. They both awoke at the same time the following morning, startled by the bigger rooster's crowing. His projected call was a mighty, far more melodious than a battle cry. Was my- oh. His projected call was mighty. <laughs> far more melodious than a battle cry. Dawn light broke across the roof of the chicken coop, making the rooster's colorful feathers shine. He made quite the picture, stretching up on his toes to shout to the world, Time to wake up! (laughs) Dean watched the other rooster and compared all that majesty to himself. He didn't know why he should bother trying anymore. It was obvious why he had been deluded all of his life. He wasn't very notable, and neither was Castiel, to compare to real chickens in real life. He and Castiel had been sheltered. They were small. (laughs) They were weak and pathetic. No wonder, really given they'd been kept in cages and forcefully tossed at dogs twice a week. Dean remembered having a decent space to run around, once. But after those first years, all the good stuff came less often. And soon, he'd known nothing but death and the taste of blood. Right. Wow. (laughs) Dark. Right? And it's just so, like, if you had read the beginning, it was very, like, we're in a fight (laughs) Wow. Very, like, do you know anything about cockfighting? It's real. It's a lot. No. So basically what they do is like they're, they're sort of trained chickens so that they're like angry enough to like yeah. kill each other. But yeah. also they have knives strapped to their legs. I do remember <laughs> that part. Yeah. And it's just like whoever doesn't fucking die wins. Yeah. Still, sitting here in the grass with his butt on the cold cage frame was better than sitting in the same cage in a dark room. It was good to see the sky. He was even pleased to see Castiel looking back at him as they sat and watched the sun come up. Castiel made a rude joke about the other rooster's hubris and excessively bright plumage, and Dean worked hard to keep his laugh quiet in case he was heard. Castiel seemed terribly smug after that. So, like, the mechanics are that they speak chicken, but they understand it like English Ah, uh, is yes where we are. Yes. A few hours after dawn, came, uh, Sam came up to the coop along with one of his lady friends. The woman's long brown hair was tied up, and Sam's arm was banded affectionately around her lower back. She laughed as she scattered the chicken feed and the chickens swarmed collectively to the fence, making an awful racket. Dean waited until the rain of pellets stopped before he bent his head and started pecking. That one's Dean, Sam said, and that one's Cassiel. I don't think Bruce likes them very much, but the girls don't seem to mind them being here. Ah, so Bruce was the big bully. Dean munched on a corn kernel and side-eyed the other rooster, who was nonchalantly eating his breakfast like he didn't have something nasty planned for later. Aren't those cages too small? The woman asked, leaning over the fence on her elbows, copying Sam. Yeah, said Sam. I'm just worried that if I let them go, they might try and take each other's eyes out. What about giving them each a private enclosure? Sam hummed. Hmm. I don't know, that could take some time to set up. I'll give them a quick test later today. Let them get in touching distance. See if they attack. They might not. I'm hoping they won't. What about Bruce, though? The woman said, gesturing to the gigantic cock. He's not exactly a welcoming creature. You remember what that little bastard did to Berkeley? Poor dog. Sam snorted. Berkeley's fine. But yeah, you have a point. I don't think Bruce would let these two sleep in the same coop as the rest of them. That's for sure. Sam rubbed the woman's shoulder, sighing. I'll think about it. If it comes to it, you'd help me make a new chicken house, right? He grinned hopefully, then chuckled as the woman playfully shoved him and walked away. Sam lingered at the chicken yard, grinning at the birds. Hear that, guys? If you behave yourself, I- Get real, proper food. I'm thinking something organic. Hmm? He squinted up at the nearly cloudless sky. Then he looked directly at Dean and smiled. There's worms in it for you, too. The biggest and the squishiest. I'll dig them out of Sarah's vegetable garden. She'll never need to know. He winked. Then followed Sarah's path back to the house. Dean met Castile's gaze and narrowed his eyes at him conspiratorially. How well could they trust each other? And was that trust worth more if delicious earthworms were included in the bargain? Absolutely. (laughs) Okay, so I'm hearing that if we don't fucking kill each other, we might get some worms. I love a snack. <laughs> Jumping worms. <laughs> oh, fun food, like a pop rock. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> a worm. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> Can you imagine a chicken just like... <laughs> oh my god, the worm is moving so much more than it's supposed to. What fun. <laughs> uh, Cassiel chuckled agreeably, then went back to pecking pellets from the grass. Ah, good. They were in understanding.
0: Had Dean been able to smile, he would have... <laughs> They famously have no lips.
1: <laughs> like even the thought that they can—I know—like because <laughs> they've seen like people do it and like know what that means. They yeah, have, it's like chicken run. They have the brains of people, <laughs> but none of the mechanics. So they're Correct. like, I'm laughing, but that just means nothing is happening. <laughs> just, I would even just be like. Like, just kind of nodding their head as if they're right. laughing internally. <laughs> when Sam finally did come back, it was after midday, and all the other chickens were scattered far and wide, having hopped the fences and gone off to explore the rest of the property. This gave Dean and Castiel the entire yard to themselves, and Sam must have known that. He shut the gate to the yard with himself inside, and he crouched, putting wrinkles into his rubber boots. Now, he said, I'm going to let you out slowly, both at the same time. No sudden movements, or I'll lock you both down again, Okay. Dean and Castiel both clucked quietly, even though Sam had no idea what they were saying. (laughs) (laughs) Sam took their sounds as agreement, however, and unlocked both cages. And then he began to open the front of the cage. Slowly. Very slowly. Dean and Castiel looked carefully at each other across the two feet of space between them. Dean seemed nervous, but Castiel, while not confident per se, was sure enough of himself that he strutted out of the cage into a fresh bit of grass. He stretched out his wings, joyfully flapping them. Yes, it was a sudden movement— but he did it non-threateningly. Dean saw how much more relaxed Castile was. Now he'd stretched, so he gingerly followed suit, tiptoeing to the opening of the cage, poking his head out, then hurrying out so quickly that Sam barely had a moment to blink before Dean was on the other side of the yard, flapping and hopping around madly, enjoying his freedom. Sam laughed, standing up and putting his hands on his hips. Castile crowed at his feet, pretending he was the ruler of the land. While Bruce was nowhere to be seen, it was probably true. Dean didn't even mind being second in command. He was just so pleased to have space to stretch his aching legs. Sam hung around for a while to make sure that they were really okay. He baited Dean closer with a wriggling worm, and Dean was hungry enough for it that he went right up to Sam and pecked it right out of his hand. Sam wasn't fearful of sharp beaks. He didn't even flinch. Dean appreciated that. Oh, I know. He's only been treated roughly. He just wants some love. You can't process your trauma until you feel safe. From a little human and a little chicken. (laughs) (laughs) I know, this would be such a fun, like, the hurt comfort in this context, like, really makes sense. (laughs) It took a few minutes of coercion, but Sam triumphed. He got Dean and Castiel to eat a worm out of each hand, not a foot away from each other. When all the worms were gone, Sam congratulated his roosters, then brushed his legs down and made to leave. Don't fight while I'm gone. You may seem like nice people. But believe me, we're no strangers to eating anything that doesn't, mis- doesn't behave, Ooh. he pointed at Dean and Castiel. Then he smirked and left. Dean looked worriedly at Castiel. Sam was kidding, right? People don't eat chickens. That was just gross and weird. Castiel shrugged. Berk, he said. That's where I'm going to stop. You don't eat chickens. That's correct. They make them fight each other. They're not going to eat them. Chick Fil
0: A is about a girl's um, steak <laughs> fillet. Yeah, it's, it's a, a fillet. F- f- it's f- it's a it's a steak fillet place
1: for, girls. for Women, yes,
0: a girl's steak like place. a chick flick is yes, a Chick Fil A, for, of course, yes. Mm-hmm. No. Of course, mm-hmm, of course. Mm-hmm. I do it.
1: Uh, and then after this, they get closer and closer and become chicken in love. So <laughs> if you would like to read the, the rest, I don't know, like seven, uh, five, six, seven thousand words of this. Uh, again, that is it is roost on <laughs> day three. It'll also be linked in the show notes. What a beautiful story. Uh, I just thought it was so funny that they were like, there might also be. I haven't read the whole thing, but there might also be like a, a chicken run. Oh, wait. Humans eat chickens? We can't be here either. <laughs> it's not safe anywhere. It's not, uh, people don't usually eat roosters, but so I think they're probably fine. You're right, but, you know. They have each other, which is the point. He's got to behave. Oh, man. All right, so now we've come upon our third and final act, arguably the best act. We will hey. see. All right, so this has only happened once in our entire history, <laughs> and we haven't acknowledged it until this moment, and that is... Uh, fan fiction about me and Claire. <laughs> that was not written by us. That was not written by me or Claire. <laughs> That's fair. I guess there is. Yeah, well, I was like famously. I forgot. I've famously written two. <laughs> 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 fan about me and Claire in the question mark present. Specifically because we've, we've, we do this podcast and so other people know about us. Not written by us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we had originally planned to maybe read it on a finale in the past, but like we had a lot of stuff to pick from, and so it just didn't work out. And then we were going to read it on a on a bonus episode, and then we just didn't do any bonus episodes. <laughs> so it's been a long time coming. So we're going to read it to you today. So this was brought to our attention by the OG author, who is anything one two three on AO3, and I believe uh, it looks like her name is pronounced Jenna. So I'm going to say Jenna, but it's with a G, who in April said, uh, Hi, I just spent the last month listening to your podcast from the beginning and loved it. Which, first of all, got through our whole podcast in a month. Thank you. That's a lot. (laughs) I hope you don't mind, but I decided to write a short fic about you guys. Absolutely not. We don't mind. We love it. We encourage this behavior. Other people, please do it. Then she sent the link and then said, Feel free to roast it. I don't mind. (laughs) 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 And then after I screamed for... Many minutes. uh, Sent her back how much we liked it. And uh, she said, thank you. Uh, I'm glad you liked it. So this fic is directly inspired by the first and second episode of this podcast about after. (laughs) (laughs) Of all all things. Wow. Which we keep returning to. So honestly, it's a good bit of our lore to uh, jump in from. It's our after as well. Yes. Our before? It's our always. (laughs) (laughs) After, before, always. It is called Harry's Revenge by anything, one, two, three, tagged, Grace, fine pairings, Claire, fine pairings, Harry Styles, after. (laughs) (laughs) So how do you want to read this? Because I feel like we should read it together to like really get the joie de vivre. Yes. Do you want to be the narrator? I can be Harry, also, <laughs> if you want to, be, if you I, want to read, you it, read it. Since you just read,
0: I can narrate, sense, and then sense. I will read my part. Excellent. Okay, I'll we'll try read our own
1: heart. parts. You'll read the stage direction. I'll be Harry. Okay. <laughs> Summary.
0: Grace and Claire get a visit as their past catches up to them. Excellent. Notes. I've been listening to a lot of fine pairings lately and couldn't believe the fan fiction podcast didn't have their own fic. Give us more. The sound of glass breaking from the kitchen scared Grace awake. Ha! Huh. She turned and looked at the clock beside her bed. Barely two hours had passed since she had finished reading a fanfiction to present to Claire and had gone to sleep. Accurate. Grace's Grace's tiredness tried to pull her back, but another crash in the kitchen reminded her why she woke up in the first place. Super accurate. (laughs) Nervously making her way to the door of her bedroom, Grace reached to open the door before pausing, just a hair away from the door handle. She was home alone, so just blindingly going out could be dangerous, especially if whoever or... Whatever is in the kitchen is aware she is home.
1: Sometimes I wonder because I've never, thank God, my house has never been broken into. I've always wondered if I if I actually have a problem, am I going to be the kind of person who silently as possible calls 911 and doesn't even get out of my bed? Or am I going to grab the baseball bat that I keep
0: by my bed and
1: just run downstairs in a blind rage?
0: I, I half know the answer. Um, when I lived in an apartment with a roommate, um, what I didn't know was a picture I had just hung on the wall had fallen. Oh, scary! And so what? It, so there was a sudden like um, it was a scarier noise because it it had like two hold spots and so only one spot. Released. Oh, so and it then like swung. And then so it swung and knocked a different picture off the wall. And so there was like a lot of commotion that, would that be happened. a lot of sounds. It was yeah. very scary. Did and you run out immediately? I like paused a second and I was like, oh my God, who has broken into our second floor apartment? I was very scared. That would be really weird. I grabbed my racquetball racket. racket. Uh-huh. Good weapon? No. Did I grab Anything? It? Yes. yes. Grabbed the racquetball racket. ventured into the living room. Um, my roommate's boyfriend also walked out. So the two of us were like, okay. what was that? Okay. At least there was two of you. Yes. And then I was like, <laughs> and then I looked and I was like, oh, the picture fell off the wall. Mm-hmm. And we were like, oh, okay. Because we were both like, oh, my God, someone is in. <laughs> Obviously. Someone is in our apartment. And then I like went back to my room and was like, a racquetball racket. They're very springy. No, I have
1: a baseball bat, and the baseball bat has a sock on it, because I've heard that if you swing a baseball bat, they're going to grab the baseball bat, but if you have a sock on it,
0: oh. you can slip
1: it out. Now they have a sock in their hand, you can get them a second time.
0: <laughs> doesn't, doesn't
1: prevent them, but might confuse them enough that you can whack them a couple of times. Anyway, back into our fight where I'm alone. <laughs> yes. Great.
0: After a few seconds, Grace decided to call Claire. <laughs> Tiptoeing back to her bedside table, Grace dialed her favorite co-host. <laughs> Claire picked As if up.
1: I have another one. I guess Josie some Josie, <laughs> she's
0: too far away. She's I can't. Away. I can't call her. Yeah, I, I would have. <laughs> I, I live closer. Yeah, it's true. Claire picked up after a few rings and groggily answered, "Hello." Claire. Grace whispered into the phone. <laughs> I forgot I had lines. Someone's
1: in my house. I need
0: you to come over and take care of it. The line was silent, and Grace worried that Claire fell back asleep. Claire, why are you calling me? Call the police. I can't. Grace was shocked. Claire would ask that of her. <laughs> why not? Claire yelled back. Claire, (laughs) A-cap. The line went silent again. This time, Grace was was worried that Claire had hung up on her. Claire? (laughs) Grace heard a loud sigh and then, Is this a prank? Why would I lie about this? (laughs) All right, all right. Grace heard some rustling indicating Claire was getting out of bed. I'm on my way. Just stay in your room. They stayed on the phone together, Claire's entire drive over. Okay, I just parked out front. Are you sure the guy is still still there? Grace leaned her ear towards the door. Yes, she responded. I still hear movement. <laughs> okay, stay put. And with that, Claire hung up. Listening to her best friend, Grace waited in her room. She didn't know what she was waiting for, but she trusted Claire to come with a good plan.
1: I'm not well, super. That's true.
0: that's bold. I would
1: join you because I'm not an asshole, and you're also just one person.
0: <laughs> <laughs> After a minute uh, or so, Grace, you know heard-
1: a little bit more like self
0: defense martial arts, like maybe than me. <laughs> In theory? In theory, but yeah, I would have, like... (laughs) uh, I don't have a plan, is the problem. You should just come out and help me. After a minute or so, Grace heard a loud scream, crash, and then silence. Grace practically leaped out of the room.
1: Don't you dare touch my best friend!
0: She yelled, making her way to the kitchen before pausing at the doorway.
1: I guess at that point, yeah, like a scare attack. At that point, you probably don't think anyone's in the house. No, right. Truly alarming to just hear screaming.
0: (laughs) The kitchen had an overwhelming smell of alcohol and showed Claire holding what looked like the top of a glass bottle, standing above a passed-out man dressed in a black shirt. He was soaking wet and surrounded by shards of glass. I have not read this in a while. This is so good. Claire, what's going on? Grace slowly asked. Claire, what's going on? Here we go. I brought a handle of whiskey from my house and snuck it through the window and knocked him out with it, Claire proclaimed proudly.
1: Whiskey is inaccurate, but Okay. Anything you grabbed a whiskey from, like, my table, because you didn't bring anything over.
0: Yeah, that sounds that sounds accurate. Or, uh, or this is a very dangerous uh, bottle, because it's completely full. Oh, true, yeah. Uh, okay, now what? <laughs> Claire moved towards the man and began to tie his wrists and ankles together with God. ropes that seemingly appeared out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. She then flipped him over to show. Is that Harry Styles? Claire said with a shock. Grace examined the body. She she looked at Harry's face, his hair, his clothes, his tattoos, his piercings. That's
1: not any Harry Styles. That's after Harry Styles.
0: Claire turned to Grace confused. That's not possible. <laughs> A groan indicated to the two that Harry was waking up. They turned towards him and were ready to get some answers. I got to do Harry now. What? Who what's happening? Harry slurred out We'll be asking the questions here. Grace proclaimed loudly. Now what the hell are you doing in my house? Your house? Harry looked around confused before realization overtook him. Oh, I remember. I came here to ask you to take down all your after episodes.
1: No! Fuck you, those are
0: hilarious! Claire yelled.
1: You don't understand. Every time someone listens to it, I'm forced to reenact
0: the same stupid routine with... Harry's face contorted into a grimace. Tessa! I thought you loved Tessa, Grace asked confused. It says so in the story. That's
1: the problem. The story tells me I have to love her, but we're so obviously
0: forced together. I can't take it anymore. Harry looked frustrated to the, frustrated to the verge of tears. The two hosts glanced at each other before nodding. We'll take them down. I'm sorry we contributed to your suffering, Claire said with the hand of, uh, with a hand on Harry's shoulder. A single tear escaped his <laughs> eyes as he began to glow. <laughs> Thank you, Harry whispered as he faded away. The room was silent as Grace and Claire looked at the space that was once occupied by After Harry Styles. Breaking the silence, Grace asked, "So we were definitely lying about taking the episodes down, right? Obviously, the episodes have some of our funniest moments. Besides, if audio quality doesn't stop <laughs> us from deleting them, a fake Harry <laughs> A fake Harry certainly won't.." But <laughs> The two left before remembering the mess in the kitchen. They then spent the rest of the night clearing while cursing after Harry's name. Curse you after Harry.
1: Just faded into the night.
0: <laughs> uh, uh, so specific. So beautiful. <laughs> really a
1: wink and a nudge that luckily everyone understands because everyone's listened to that episode. Man. Good stuff. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. Thank you, Jenna, for uh this popping that gift. champagne of fanfiction about us. <laughs> Cherry officially popped. Hopefully we have more in the future.
0: Oh, love it. Love it. Love it. Love
1: good, it. Good, good. And that is uh and that brings us to the end of this uh fiasco. <laughs> it's been a long time. We've been recording for a while.
0: <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, it was a long time. So it was a good time. It was the worst times. <laughs> No, it's all good. But luckily, this was only part one Woo! of our finale. As per season always. five. Remember, if you have any uh fix you want to uh recommend to us, please do. We also are planning our season Six. Yeah. Wow. I Time. No that, plans yet. No but. plans yet. So, if you have any ideas of what you would like to see, send them to
1: us on yes. all the things we have. uh All of our DMs are open on all of our social medias, which is Fine Pairings Pod on Twitter and Fine Pairings Podcast on Facebook, Tumblr, and Instagram
0: and TikTok there we go I found it there we go <laughs> and you can also always email us at finepairingspodcast at gmail.com whoop
1: whoop. and uh, other than that if you love our voices or we made a lot of references to the podcast or to the uh, Patreon on this episode so if you want to hear what any of that is about you can find us with a link in our show notes or at uh, patreon.com slash finepairingspodcast and we continue recording those through our hiatus of the regular uh, podcast so that can be a fun way to keep up with with us and have have new content coming out as we plan for our next season. Yes, you can now rate us on Spotify. Yes. So, as far as I know, unless we change this idea, uh, if you send us a screenshot of your five star rating, we will uh, honor that uh, the same way we do our Apple Podcast friends. So, if you give us a five star review, unfortunately, you can't write anything, but you can tell us you like us in the email.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: You can continue to tell us you like us in the Apple Podcast reviews uh, and cash in on that experience if you did it without any reward. Well, with that, we will see you next week with our five-star fix that we wrote ourselves and then we will take a hiatus until season six. Woo! Trixie, say goodbye. All right. Lovely. Didn't work. Until next week.
0: (laughs) Until next week.
1: Goodbye. (laughs)